You're listening to GlendaleCC.org and to the Glendale Christian KY podcast on iTunes. This week, Senior Minister Adam Hale continues our Next Step sermon series with a discussion on how we discover what our next step is. Thank you for listening, and as always, we hope that this message encourages you in your walk to love and follow Jesus. Have a wonderful week. So this morning, as we we have an emphasis on leadership and ordination, and so we're going to also continue in our series about keeping about taking the next steps and learning how to move forward. And part of learning how to move forward is placing new leaders in place. And so it's, it's a leadership development that we're going to talk about some. You know, in my time of ministry, I've been uh, privileged to serve in, in five churches in different environments. Uh, new churches and old churches. The very first church that I was a part of met in a high school because they were a brand new church plant that didn't have a building. And uh, I've met and I've been a part of old churches. You know, Glendale is a, is a pretty established church since 1879, I think, maybe even longer than that. 1879 was when the building was, was established. 18, see, I knew I could count on Mike. See, Mike was here for that, so. <laughs> but I've been in, in different sized cities, big cities, small towns, and I've come to appreciate the fluid nature of the church. You know, the church was designed and intended to evolve, to adapt, to fit every tribe and and every time and every nation and every generation. And so periodically we have to be willing to take an objective look at our effectiveness and to make some necessary changes to adapt or to adjust to our current situations. Now, I'm not saying that we should adjust or change the content of our faith or the gospel message. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, that's our non-negotiable. We talked about that last week. But the method and the style and our approach sometimes has to be adjusted to, to fit our environment. And so Glendale Christian Church is at a defining moment. We have a great past. We, we, can, we can talk about the past of our church for for hours, and it's a great past. But even more important than that, we have a promising future. I believe that Glendale Christian Church is at a defining moment where we can, we can rest on what we've done or we can move forward and continue to be difference makers in our community. But the culture that we are called to reach and influence has also changed. It's not the same culture. It's not the good old days anymore. And so to remain engaged and effective in our culture and in our community, we have to be willing to adjust and to adapt as well. And so here's the big idea this morning that I want you to to catch, is that no matter where you are in life, everyone has a next best step. And no matter where we are as a church, we have a next best step. The individuals and the churches each have next best steps. Let's look back over the steps that we've taken together over just the last six months. I've been here six months now. And Christian, the boys and I moved to Glendale, and we started with Glendale in October of 2017. And I came as the senior minister to, and the charge was to, to build from the past and to prepare for a better future. And during that time, we've inv- intentionally invested in building healthy relationships with, with our staff with our leadership, with our church family, and with the community. Um, we've, we've just tried to do life together to restore trust and develop trust through uh, conversations and activities. Um, one of the things that I enjoy most about living in Glendale 
is just going down to McDonald's in the morning and, and drinking coffee with some of the guys that meet out there. Um, it's, I learn a lot. You'd be amazed at, at how much I learn down there. But we've also worked at leadership development. We have regular meetings with staff and with elders. Um, this morning is, is a prime example of our leadership development in the ordination of Chase and Jaron. In a couple of weeks, Chris and Tim and I will be heading to, uh, to Atlanta for a conference that is about leadership development. And so we're trying to take our next best step. And the church has taken its next best step as well. You know, we're having a big Easter outreach. We, we're, living, we're inviting everyone in our community to join us for Easter. And remember what we said last week, only 2% of church members have invited someone to church in the last year. And so we're going to change that because 82% of unchurched people say that they would accept an invitation or at least consider accepting an invitation if they were actually invited. And 7 out of 10 unchurched people say that they've never been invited to church in their entire life. And so we're going to change that because we're going to, we're going to go out and we're going to canvas our entire community. We have 1,000 door hangers that we're, going to, that we're going to distribute on March 24th at 9 o'clock that morning. And so you can sign up for that out, out, at the, out at the information desk. And we believe that the community will respond. And so we, the elders and the staff, believe that God is calling us to take some positive steps forward and to make some necessary and some positive changes to be more effective in fulfilling the mission and proclaiming the message of Jesus. You know, as the church ages, it becomes increasingly easy to be more inwardly focused. Christy and I were talking about that this week, why church plants seem to be so successful at the beginning. You, you see a new church pop up and they have, you know, 800 people come into it within the first few weeks and everybody is amazed at their success. Well, it's because there are no insiders at a new church. Everybody is an outsider. There are no there no, are no insiders, and as the church ages, it becomes increasingly focused on the insiders. Andy Stanley says the gravitational pull toward all churches is to the insiders. And so we have to work to, to keep our focus outside because it becomes real easy to become uh, complacent, and it's what we like, and it's what we want. It's what makes us comfortable. And yet, that leaves a ton of people on the outside who need to know Jesus, who've never even been invited to come and hear about Him. And so the challenge for the church is to remain externally focused, to reach out and to love people in the name of Jesus right where they are, helping each other become lifelong followers of Jesus because no matter where we are in our life, we all have a next best step to take in our walk with Jesus. And so we are challenging everyone to, to change, to seriously consider, and to courageously take their next best step, individually and collectively. Let me illustrate it this way with some uh, construct, color construction paper and a volunteer. Uh, Scott, that's what happens when you sit on the front row. All right, I need you to do me a favor. I'm going to put uh, that there, and uh, you just stand on that red piece of paper and all right this green piece of paper I don't know if you can see that or not probably not but it's gonna re represent Scott's next best step and so I need you to move from that piece of paper to this green piece of paper without touching the floor come on no 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 that's the floor 
That's the floor. Like, that's a middle school tactic. That's, what I, that's why I didn't bring Noah down here. <laughs> All right. There's a problem, right? He can't. Why? It's too big. There's too big of a gap there. And so we're not asking people to take their next best leap. We're asking people to take their next best step. And so, small steps. Individually, it's about small steps. Now, let me, let's do this another way. Let's just say you gotta, you got to figure out which one is your next best step. All right. But, but now you didn't, yeah, but see, that's the problem is you, you didn't get the right one. <laughs> see, when they're all mixed up like this, it can, it can be confusing. Thanks, Scott. You can have a seat. Give Scott a hand. Oftentimes, as a church, we do two things. We create too big of a gap. It's too big of a step, and it's not easy. And then other times, the problem is that it's not clear. We don't create clear steps for people to take. So people don't know where to go. It's not obvious. And this is how many churches operate. They have lots of programs and lots of ministries. There's just no process that is easy or obvious. They just consume a lot of time and a lot of resources. But remember, our goal isn't to fill up people's time. It's to move them to a more intimate relationship with God and others. And so individually, that means we have to move from self-centered to God-focused and others-oriented. From what I like or prefer to what God wants and what people need. Remember, we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. We have been saved to save others. And that's based on the great commandment that's given by Jesus in Matthew chapter 22. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 22, I'll, just let me read that real quickly. In verses 37 through 39, Jesus says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is, the first and, this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you hear what he's saying there? The greatest commandment is to love God. And then to love your neighbor. Love God and love others. And so we can, we can uh, create this by having a relational intimacy with God. Individually, that means we, we need a relational, intimate relationship with God. And, and we do that through genuine con conversion, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, through the practice of spiritual disciplines. And you know, we talked last week about some spiritual disciplines that, that we don't really like because it takes discipline to, to do them. But, but that first verse is, is about an intimate relationship with God. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. That's basically your entire being. And then he says, love others. Love your neighbor. That's relational influence with people. And that happens when we have a consistent faith and a consistent example. When we have authentic friendships and we have a clear and compelling witness. Both verbally and also behaviorally. Oftentimes what you do is much more important than what you say. And so sometimes when, when we do things that aren't Christ-like, it does much more damage to our witness than if we had said something. But I want you to notice something about this. They are inseparable and sequential. Love God and love others. They are, they are inseparable and sequential. First, love God. And then love others. And you can't do one without the other. 
You cannot love God and not love other people. If you don't love other people, then you don't love God. You cannot love God without loving others. And maybe the best way that we show our love for God is by loving others. And so we all have a next step to take in our walk with Jesus, individually and collectively. And so as leadership in our church, we want Glendale Christian Church to become more intimate in our relationship with God and more influential in our relationship with people. And so what does that look like collectively? What's that look like for us as a church as a whole? Well, it means that we need to be, go from member-driven to mission-driven. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. From member-driven, what, what our preference is, what we want, to what those who aren't here yet need. The church is the only building, is the only organization, the only uh, entity that's ever been created for those who aren't a part of it yet. And so we have to go from what makes us happy and secure to what God has commissioned us to be. Remember, we are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We're to be disciple makers. And that's based on what Jesus said in Matthew 28. In Matthew 28, his, his last instructions to the disciples, he says, he says uh, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's a couple of things I want to point out about that passage of Scripture. Number one is, Jesus says, go. That's go out, evangelize. That's, that's our call as Christians. That's our mission is to evangelize, to intentionally build relationships with people who are not following Jesus. And oftentimes that challenges us to move out of our comfort zone. We like, our, we like our safe place it's because it's safe and it's ours. And the problem is, is that we don't let a lot of people into that, into that zone, so we have to move out of our comfort zones and into our communities because there's a whole lot of people in our community that don't know Jesus. And that cannot be acceptable. It has to change. And then the second part of this is discipleship. <clears throat> And that's intentionally developing deeper relationships with Jesus and with one another. Notice he said go, and then after he said go, he said teach them. Don't just tell them about Jesus and, and get them wet and then leave them alone. No, teach them. Evangelize them, convert them, and then teach them, disciple them. And so that means that we will be challenged to move out of our familiar routines and into genuine fellowship. You know, think about your routine on a Sunday morning. We all have a routine. We're, we're creatures of habit. We like our routines. And so, so maybe this morning, for some of you, only having one service, it caused you to, to be out of your routine. But we generally, we come in, we find our pew, right? And it's our pew because it's where we sit every Sunday. And so this is, you know, having two services. Some of you sit, you know, some of you first service people are in some of you second service people's spot. Yeah. We, but we have our routine. We have our our, uh, the order in which we do things. And so, sometimes we've got to shake that routine up. We've got to change that. We've got to move into genuine fellowship. We come in and we, have our, and, and we, we find our spots, and then when service is over, we have the same four or five people that we talk to, and we go home. But we never create community because we, we only talk to those same three or four people. 
We've got we to move out of our routine sometimes. We've got to shake things up a little bit and, and meet the other people that are part of our family. You all realize that? That we are a family. And yes, some of us come to the 845 service and some of us come to the 1045 service, but that doesn't mean that you're not still a part of the same family. And so we've got we to gotta connect with each other and then connect with those who aren't here yet. We've got to develop those commitments. And so we want Glendale Christian Church to become more outwardly focused. Not focused just on, the, on, on our preferences. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, that we like. And that's, those things are all good. But we need to, to remember that the people that aren't here yet, they're not showing up for a reason. And so whatever that reason is, we've got to figure it out. And then we got to adapt so that they can come and be welcomed and comfortable and loved on and so that they can be made disciples. Because Jesus said, go and make disciples. And so here's the challenge for us this morning. Everyone has a next best step. Colossians 2, Paul writes in Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. He says, now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Notice that phrase, that that words there, continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now this letter from the Apostle Paul is is a call to stay focused on Christ and our faith, in our faith walk, in our spiritual journey, and to avoid being distracted or dissuaded as we journey through life. In verse 6 he says, continue to follow that implies an intentional movement and progress. It implies that, that we don't just uh, become Christians and stop. We don't just get baptized and, and that's the end of our walk. No, 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 that's just the beginning. He says, continue to follow. And then in verse 7 he says, let your roots grow down deep. Lives to be built up. And, and so that implies time and effort. It means that it's not going to take place overnight. It's not just going to stop. all of a sudden happen it's time and effort. You know, there's a danger of being deactivated and there's a temptation to coast and to plateau. Um, we, we oftentimes feel like we've, we've made it to a certain point and so we're, we're good with where we're at. You know, we like, we like our church the way it is and so we're, we're good here. And so we just kind of pull back. We just kind of coast. And yet nowhere in Scripture does Jesus ever, ever suggest that that should take place. Nowhere, nowhere in Scripture does He ever imply that we should just pull back on the reins and, and coast. No, not at all. It's always moving ahead. You know, life is a journey and we're called to make steady progress. It doesn't mean giant leaps. It just means steps. And I don't know what your next step is. But I do know this. You have one. And I also know this, that God will never be finished taking you deeper in your faith. You will never be finished growing in your faith. There will always be a next step to take. And that may sound, uh, that may sound discouraging. But, it, but I, don't, I don't want you to be discouraged by that at all. What I want you to understand is that, that that means that all of us, whether we've been a Christian for six months or 60 years, all are still learning, still growing Still taking our next step. And if you don't take the next step, I know what will happen. 
I've seen it happen too many times, and maybe it's happened to you already. If you don't take the next step, you're going to get stuck. You'll be stuck in a rut, and your faith will die. If your faith is not growing, your faith is dying. And there will be a point in time in which your faith dies. Your heart will grow cold, and you will feel more distant from God. Sometimes I hear that all the time. I just don't feel close to God. Do you ever stop to think that God isn't the one who moved? If you don't feel close to God, it is, it is you that has moved away. Because God doesn't move. God doesn't ever leave us. God never abandons us. And so if we don't feel close to God, it's not because God has done something. It's because we have stopped taking the next step. We have stopped and our faith has gotten stagnant. And Anybody ever, ever stepped into stagnant water and you stir it up? You know what happens? That smell. When uh, Christy and I, I've told y'all before about doing some of these mud runs that Christy convinced me to do that are just like the dumbest things in the world to pay for. And uh, we, were, we were doing one in Indiana, just a little north of Indianapolis, and it was at an old rock quarry, and somewhere there was an old creek bed in this that had, uh, <clears throat> it just, it had about a foot and a half of mud and it was stagnant. I mean, there was very little water that had moved through that, and you were literally, when you stepped in, you were sink down to about your knee, and you had to pull your foot up and take your next step. And as soon as we hit that mud and stepped in and mixed that up, that smell, like, I can't talk about it very long because it's going to create another problem for us. But that's oftentimes what our faith looks like. It becomes stagnant. And it stinks. And Paul said our worship should be like a pleasing aroma to Christ. There's nothing pleasing about the smell of stagnation. And so when we stop taking the next step, our faith literally stinks. Nobody wants to be around somebody that stinks. They don't. So what's your next step? For some of you, it may be coming back next week. Maybe that's the next step you need to take is just to, to get in the routine, to get in the spiritual discipline of attending church. Maybe it's to get connected with a group to, and to start asking questions. For others, it may be to, to be baptized or to, to commit to the local church. Maybe it's to start tithing or to volunteer to serve. Maybe it's God challenging you to go on, on a mission trip or to invite that friend to church. I don't know what your next step is, but I know that you have one. And so I want to ask you this, when will you take it? You've been aiming to do something for some time. You have good intentions. Well, it's time to stop aiming. It's time to stop intending to do something and to actually do it. James says, don't be just hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. At some point, we've got to stop all of our good intentions and we've got to actually put our feet to the pavement and do something. And so if you do, if you take your next step, I can tell you this, you'll be glad that you did. You will be. But if you don't, you'll wish that you had. And you'll never know until you take that next step. You won't. So when will you take it? Will you take it today? I hope so because I can tell you this, like I told you last week, it will never be as important to you as it is right now. After lunch today, it will not be as important to you. After you take, sit down and you watch the Kentucky basketball game later today, it will not be as important to you. 
So are you willing to take your next step to commit to taking that next step now? I hope so. But if you don't, if you, if you don't take your next step, you will never know the joy and the satisfaction that comes from taking that next step. You'll, just, you'll never know until you actually do. And so this morning, we're going to offer a time of invitation. We're going to offer a time of response. And it may be, maybe it's your next step is something that you need to do publicly. And if it is, then I'll be down front and I'd love to talk to you about it. But maybe it's just privately. And you need to take that next step. As we get ready to prepare, let's, let's go to the Lord. Father, thank you for the way in which you grow us. The way in which you uh, are patient with us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for giving us the wisdom to know and the courage to act. But Father, I pray that we would not see you just as a distant God who doesn't care, but as a loving Father who, who wants us to take our next step. So Father, I thank you for Chase and Jaron and for their families as they have taken their next best step this morning, as they have stepped forward into leadership. And Father, I pray that you would continue to encourage them and that you would use us to encourage them as they continue to move forward in their faith. Father, I pray that their example, their step today would be an example for, for those who are needing to take their next step. And so, Father, I pray as a church that you would help us to, to provide easy steps for people to take and clear and obvious steps so that there wouldn't be any confusion. God, we know that you're not a God of chaos, that you're a God of order. And so, Father, help us to mimic that, to imitate that. But Father, more than anything, help us just to do something. Help us to not be complacent, to not be apathetic. There's so many people, so many things in the world around us that, that are complacent and apathetic. And, and Father, it seems to me that you don't have any use for that. And Father, we want to be useful to you. So help us to be uh, energetic and outgoing and reaching out and, and, and looking forward to those who aren't here yet. Making it a, a way for them to be a part of the body of Christ. And so, Father, as a, as a family, when, when conflict arises, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to resolve it. When, when change needs to be made, I pray, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take it, to make it. And Father, we'll give you all the glory. And I pray that lost souls would come to know you as a result of the actions of Glendale Christian Church. May we be about your people. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray.